Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar and Johnny Stites, and we are today welcoming you, hoping you're having a great day, that we're going to be talking about boosting your business and and how to do that, even when you don't have the money to spend to make that happen. Um, it's really a matter of thoughts, words, and deeds, and, and Johnny and I have been talking about that and, uh, and how you have to kind of believe that you can make it happen uh, when you want it to, and that you really can. It doesn't doesn't necessarily require that you go out and have uh, thousands of dollars to invest, or uh, that you have to change your hours or or anything else. It it comes down to what Johnny we talked about. Well, you remember back in the '60s, Napoleon Hill came out with the book "Thinking Grow Rich." Absolutely. And that today is no different. We become what we think about. William James said that. So words do matter, and the words we put into our heads matter. I was reading a blog the other day that had some good points to it, but the guy um, just, I guess, felt like it was necessary for him to drop the F-bomb like all those uh, many of the movie stars do. And I just sent him a note, and I said, you know what? Your word takes away from your message. Yeah, it destroys credibility. It destroys <clears throat> credibility. Just a word, yeah. And there's other words he could use to make the same point, but he's too ignorant to use them. So he uses the crutch of profanity or vulgar talk. It hurts his ability to communicate effectively to people. So what you think most of the time about yourself and what you think most of the time about your enterprise, whatever that might be, whether it's a professional practice or a business uh, of any kind, is is what makes the difference. You know, it's an opportunity for you to turn around the negativity and and make it be positive. Um, uh, I've I've often said you opportunity doesn't knock once or twice. It knocks as many times as you choose for it to knock. Um, and those choices come from coming up to the surface with what you think about yourself, what you think about your enterprise. Also, the words that you use and how you describe them. As Johnny just gave an example of a poor choice. Um, we can we choose all the time. I think that that's really what's under the, the undercurrent here is that everything is a choice, and that because we're human beings, we have that uh, capability. Is. Another word that we hear a lot is that people are lucky. Well, there is luck is what you make of it. People say, and what does that mean? It means that you're lucky when opportunity meets preparation. So, Hal, to your point, if you are prepared at all times for what comes along, you get lucky. I know a guy who was in an elevator, and he was uh, riding on an elevator with a gentleman, and he asked him what he did. And he told him in a few short words, and that couple of sentences in that elevator ride got this man millions and millions of dollars of construction work because he was prepared for the opportunity when it came and I think that people would say, oh, well, he was so lucky because he got this opportunity. No, he was prepared, and he had gotten himself to a place to where he knew how to deliver what this man was looking for. And as a result, the man gave him the opportunity, and he gave him many opportunities, and he made a pot full of money. So he, he also was concise to the point, had to get his explanation in quickly and using the right words. 
Right, um, and you know that. It's harder to give a five-minute speech than it is a 50-minute speech. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln proved that in the Gettysburg Address, didn't he? Absolutely. Two minutes. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is you have the ability to change your circumstances by simply making the decision to do that. And then by consistently, and I underscore that, following through with the thoughts, the words, the attitudes, the actions that reinforce that. When we're talking about this little elevator speech idea, it's something we have discussed before. And um, it it reminds me because people always give me yeah buts. You know what those are, right? You just, <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know, I don't do this or I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an excuse, you know. And so when we look at what the current statistics are that nine out of ten new businesses fail um, – and half within the first five years, it's really time to start considering other ways of thinking about how we're doing what we're doing with our business interests, whether it's a brand new business or it's something that's been long established, whether it's a family business or you have, uh, you know, one employee or a thousand, uh, whether it's a professional practice, all of those things don't really matter. What matters is how you do what you do and, and that you consistently continue to do that and that that's what makes the difference. And so the words that we use to run and manage a business or a professional practice, the words that we use to talk about ourselves, to talk about our business, to market, to sell, to advertise, to promote, to brand, publicize and package our business or professional practice, even the words that we use to describe our successes and failures have a bearing on the business or the professional practice and the growth and survival of it. you have any examples there, John, you might uh, want to share with us about that? Because I've, I know that you've, you've talked about this before yourself and, and situations you've been in. A- examples in business that uh, words did matter? Yes. Yeah, that one that I just talked to you about was one that always stuck in my mind because the gentleman that got that opportunity he wasn't any smarter than many people that I know, if as smart as many. But he was prepared with his elevator speech, and everybody ought to have an elevator speech where they can say in a couple of sentences what they do and why people ought to do business with them, what makes them different. We're going to take a break here for a minute and come back to you. This is Hal and Johnny, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back. Uh, this is Hal um, with Johnny. I recently, Johnny, heard a, uh, a major award-winning chef. He was being interviewed on, of all stations, News Talk 94.1. His name was Jason Barrett, and he owns a successful new restaurant called Succotash in the National Harbor in Washington, D.C. He says that he has succeeded at competing head-on with all the big chain restaurants because of having passion, drive, and the motivation to succeed. Now, based on some restaurant consulting experiences I've had, mixed into years of business with healthcare coaching, I can attest to the fact that he is absolutely correct because, uh, you know, though I might add gumption and spunk and guts and mindset and planning to that mix, unlike many business and professional practices that close on weekends or just Sundays, running a successful restaurant means really being married to the business. Um, Do you have any thoughts uh, there about uh, taking that thinking into the words that people use? I do, Hal. Uh, 
One mistake I made early on, and one mistake I think that many younger business people starting out make, is they put too many words in their mission statement. A mission statement should be something that you have absolute memory of. It becomes part of your DNA, and it doesn't need to be a paragraph long that that you have to try to read every time because if it's that difficult, not only will the owners not remember it and use it, Neither will anybody that works in the company, and therefore your clients miss out. And to the to the point of your mission statement, it should be very few words, well chosen, that articulate exactly who we are and where our passion is, but not a whole litany of sentences that would right. uh, add confusion and not simplicity. So clarity and simplicity, I think, is important in words. Well, a great example of that um is uh, a man of few words who is Truett Cathy. Cathy's his last name, if you haven't heard him before. He was the founder, is the founder, of Chick-fil-A. Um, and he he pins his mega-billion-dollar success, which, by the way, now has, as of today, 2,100 restaurants in 46 states. And he, he started out with very few words. He had a little recipe for success that was 23 words. Um, and, and it was from five steps. So the first one is climb with care and confidence. So climb as you move forward and go up uh, with your business. Use care and confidence. Two, create a loyalty effect. And that's kind of obvious, but but maybe it's not. I don't know. How well, do you do be, that, I guess? Is, uh, well, that would be loyalty with your fans and yes. your customers, but also loyalty within the company. Right, to your so, employees. And, yeah, and, everybody uh, is going to be loyal to the enterprise, if you will. Right. Uh, his third point, never lose a customer. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one um, because almost everybody loses a customer at some point. But if it's never lose a customer, that means really going all out to do whatever it takes. Um, and so, again, in four simple words, never lose a customer. It kind of set the groundwork for building this organization. Um, number four, he says, put principles and people ahead of profits. Um, that's also easier said than done for a lot of uh, folks who are struggling to get by. But the reality is that if you want to get by and you want to really grow, um, you've got to put principles and people first. And then number five, he said, close on Sunday. And, and of course, that's unique to Chick-fil-A as a restaurant chain um, organization, and um, it, it's very admirable. And I think that it, it also speaks to his brevity, Truett Cathy's brevity, that, that he has a 29-word corporate purpose, and it relates to that close on Sunday. And his corporate purpose that grew all these 2,100 restaurants in 46 states is, quote, to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. Uh, boy, that's, that's a pretty, great statement, isn't it? That's some statement. Well, just half. think about this, Hal. It, many people would say, well, look at all the money he's losing on Sunday. Well, they don't know that. The, what he's doing on Monday through Saturday is bringing people into his store who've had time to commune with God, who've had time to be with their families, 
who've had time to refresh themselves. And so he, we don't know that they aren't making more money because those people really value their time with Chick-fil-A. So I, I think it's a, a misnomer to say he's lost all that money when he may be making more money simply because he has because put he first things first. Yeah. Um, he, you know, and if you, and it goes beyond that. I mean, because he, the people there at Chick-fil-A are, are trained in different ways than the norm, so to speak, uh, or at least the restaurant norm. Did, did, did you ever say thank you to a Chick-fil-A employee? Uh, they they don't respond with you're welcome, which, of course, if you really think about you're welcome, which we all say, implies that you kind of deserve the appreciation. Instead, at Chick-fil-A, you'll hear the response when you say thank you, they'll say, my pleasure, or it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure to serve you. Well, there's a totally different mindset that is generated from that. Um, it also changes our mindset, doesn't it, when we yeah, hear it? Yeah, it sure does. It's the first time I heard it, I thought, wow, that's different. But what happens is the fifth close on Sunday supports the fourth principle, put principles and people ahead of profits. That clearly says that, doesn't it? And then those same people that you just put ahead and valued are now following up with the, it's my pleasure, because they truly, genuinely mean it. And you can tell that when they say it to you. You had We were talking a little earlier about this, and you had another example that you gave um, of uh, a waiter or waitress uh, yeah, situation. Yeah, that, that's right. I was in a restaurant one day, and I'd, I'd been in this restaurant several times, the response that you most often get from a waiter or waitress is, was everything all right? You just <laughs> can answer back, yes, whether it is or it. And if it's a terrible circumstance, you'll say yes and walk out and never come back. If they say, uh, if they do a good job and you say yes, you really haven't told them anything. But what this waitress did, she said, was the food delicious? Now, when I heard that, I had to stop and think, well, was it delicious or was it not delicious? And I decided it was delicious. And I said, yes, but it put a different bar out there for me to make my decision on. And as a result of that, I came up with a word in our construction business that I thought it, um, emanated the same thought, and that was, were you delighted with our work? Now, delighted and delicious both indicate that you've exceeded expectations. Now, and you had your employees use that term as well. That's I what did. I understand, right? Yeah, and, and we asked the employees to always be aware of that because we wanted the owner at the end of the job to say they were delighted, not pleased, not satisfied, and certainly not disappointed. But if they were delighted, everybody on the job got a bonus. We're going to take a break here right now. Uh, we'll be back to you in a minute. This is Hal and Johnny. Okay, well, welcome back. This is Hal and Johnny, and we're talking about some thoughts on words that grow business, uh, words that um, you might think about with your business interests and uh, your professional practice. What words do you use when you're talking uh, with customers, with patients, with, with friends? with other people, with employees. You don't need to be President Trump or an Army general or a Navy SEAL or a ship captain or CEO of a giant corporation 
or even a church pastor or team manager to exercise effective leadership. Effective leadership comes in many ways with the words that we use. And so they, they are, that's what we're talking about this morning. And Johnny, do you, you have any, um, anything you could uh, start us with in th- this segment? To me, the, the selection of words is so, so important. My dad understood this. He told us when we were kids not to use words that were demeaning to our family, not to use words that were demeaning to the Lord, not to use words that, that were not helpful with people, unkind words, for instance. Even the Lord knew this. He said, do not take my name in vain. Uh, do not lie. There were things about people that make us do, words are difficult. And, and he even said speech, controlling the tongue, is the hardest part of the body to control. And now we're, we're in such a society that, especially recent times, we've become, uh, I don't know, I, I would say lazy, uh, accusatory, argumentative, even abusive if we're watching a lot of this nonsense on television. You're right. Uh, the news reports, I mean, they're really silly. The bottom line in building your business or your professional practice is that it is not okay to say whatever pops into your mind at any given moment. It is not okay. Just listen how many times celebrities are having to apologize for what they're saying. What's the point of letting yeah, these words I think get a lot of times it's just to get their name back in the news. Sometimes they don't you really may be care. right. You know, but it doesn't always work like they intended, no, it does didn't. it? Look at Roseanne Barr. She lost an entire program because yeah. she just used an, a, a word that was not well thought out. Um, yeah, it seems to me, I don't know, I, maybe I'm getting old, but <laughs> when I watch this stuff, I mean, it seems like there's more and more of it. Um, and every day there's some big expose. If somebody said this or somebody said that, and well, you know, it's all kind of foolishness in the first place. None of it really is important. So in, in when we're in the business of developing business, developing our own businesses, our professional practices, we have to be continually focused on the best ways to do to do that, to grow and build relationships. Um, it, you know, attraction can happen in seconds, but a relationship takes considerable time and meaningful communications. And we're interested in having um, relationships with our with our customers and and the and the term in the last few years, customer relationship management. Um, is much more appropriate than just saying customer service um, because it is relationship management and it has to do with every customer, every customer's family and friends, every every opportunity you have to be in front of someone else, family, employees, whoever, is an opportunity to grow your business and make the right kind of impression. Effective leadership is marked by meaningful communication and the use of effective words. It is. And one thing I would add here is that words, because they're so important, uh, are a way that we can practice discipline in our lives. If we are able to discipline ourselves not to use words that are profane or words that are hurtful to other people, That level of discipline can then be used through our practice to make our businesses better because you and I both know if you don't have discipline in your business, you have nothing. It's only a matter of time before you're going to be gone. And I think it's important to understand that practicing discipline in one part of our lives 
helps us also practice discipline in another part. So that's why you, you find people who have uh, maybe a, have lost the discipline of alcohol and they're, they're drunk all the time. They don't have the discipline not to get in the car and drive drunk. They don't have the discipline that they should have as parents to take care of their kids. They don't. A lot of these things break down because they aren't practicing discipline in and, one and part of their it life. It doesn't matter what, how big your business is or it how doesn't. many people work for you or don't work for you. or what, you know, That's right. right. It doesn't matter. As soon uh, as you lose that, you're starting down the other direction. It's just a matter of time. Right. So hopefully these things we're talking about today will be helpful to people as they assess themselves first and then their business and then let them start worrying about their customers' employees. And, and even if your business is at the startup stage – and even if it's been around for decades, as a business or professional practice owner or a manager, um, you're in a position every single day, starting today, to lead others. And and so, you know, keep keep that in mind. And maybe make a little sign up and stick it in your face and have it uh, on sticky notes on your dashboard or someplace where you will uh, be reminding yourself of the importance of this because it only takes one slip up. You're right. It takes for a long time for us to build a relationship, but it just takes a moment to destroy one. That's a very good point. And um, we're talking about everybody here, employees, customers, clients, patients, patient families, partners, neighbors, volunteers, your own family members, as Johnny points out. And you can do this in every situation with the words that you use is start to look like a leader, sound like a leader, and being a leader. It all translates into uh, being uh, and staying tuned in to the here and now, uh, being as conscious of, as possible of every passing second every day. And by doing that, um, it, keeps, it, it keeps us energized and keeps us focused on what's really important. And to use your words, it keeps us in the moment. It keeps us in the moment. Um, every day, every day. So thank you, Johnny. I mean, it keeps me in the moment. How does this all translate to all of us? Um, b- being tuned in to the here and now and being as conscious as possible every day. We can't be 100% conscious of every single passing split second. It translates into using your mouth first to take a deep breath or two before using it to respond to someone else. And notice I said respond instead of react because those words are, are very important that what we choose is is to build relationships or tear them down and taking extra care with extra effort to use the best words is worth every second of delay. Well, that's a good point to close on and uh, we'd like to thank you for uh, listening today. If you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas, uh, don't hesitate to send an email to hal at businessworks with an S dot U.S. And uh, we'll be sure to get back to you. All right. Thank you. Have a great day.